Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. All right, guys, welcome back to the next episode of Beyond the Ball with Coach Eric Klump. I am Justin Gersten. Coach Klump, how are we doing? Excellent. Another busy week. Starting to get back into the swing of things as school's opening up soon, either remote, hybrid, or back in person to person. So it's we're a little bit on edge, but it was certainly a busy week. Yeah, absolutely. We're starting to get some uh, faculty meetings going out in my district. My wife is also a teacher, so she's had plenty of those meetings as well. Just definitely a busy time. End of summer always seems to be a busy time for teachers, though as they start anticipating that new year and getting themselves, you know, back ready to, to welcome these kids back. And this yeah. year may be even a little bit more stressful. Yeah, certainly abnormal to um, not be at football practice this morning. Yeah, definitely um, going to have to do things like we ended last school year. We're going to have to start this one a little bit um, on our heels maybe and just have to be reactionary to what our situation is. Yeah, so. some of those re- those teachers are so resourceful. Yeah, absolutely. So, sunny celebrations. It's been a minute since we talked. Anything to celebrate? Yeah, mine uh, this week's going to go out to all those parents out there. I know it's an extremely stressful time as we head back to school. These are uncharted times um, with much uncertainty. So I've been praying that we are all taking the right steps to offer them a peace of mind, no matter you know if they're sending their children back full time, if they're choosing the hybrid mode, or maybe... Um, deciding to teach their kid home through homeschool. Um, we know all these decisions are not easy. And so that's my celebration for the week and all those prayers that are going out to these the parents um, and doing what's best for their, their kids and their families. Yeah, I think as we record this, you know, nearing the end of August, by the time people hear this, we're going to know for sure what kind of situation we're dealing with. In terms of if we're still in school, sports are all the way back, or if we're going all remote learning at that point. And so I just think grace is something that should definitely be utilized in this unforeseen times. Well, I guess we have seen what it, what the situation is, but yeah. so many people are quick to uh, do the blame game and try to figure it out. And I think all educators have or think they have the best interest of their kids and themselves at heart to keep everybody safe and healthy. And um, I just hope that, you know, we we continue to use common sense as we're trying to open these schools up. So I'm just going to piggyback on your celebration and celebrate the administrators, too, because uh, it's not an easy job. No. And I'm pretty sure that most administrators would want us back full time um so that we could educate and give these kids the connections that they need so uh i'll I'll just jump on your celebration there i will though actually celebrate in addition to that i'm going to celebrate a little bit more superficially maybe the nba playoffs um it's just been really fun to watch um and some monumental games going back and forth so while we talk about beyond the ball um, on the court, these guys have been absolutely tremendous in terms of their skill set and their execution. It's just another level of basketball. It's fun to watch. 
Yeah, you, you talk about another level of basketball, and you see so many individuals that are, are not basketball fans, and they have a lot of jabs to go at, at the NBA players. Well, they don't play defense. They're not trying all the time. But these are the, some of the best athletes in the world, and you got to think, like, okay, um, you try to stay in front of this 6'9 gentleman that's 260 pounds and can jump higher than the, the average individual and move quickly laterally than, than the average individual. It's almost impossible. So to watch yeah. the game be played at such a high level, um, especially during the playoffs, is is just an amazing thing to – especially as a coach, you, you can see everything developed in front of your eyes. It's it, it's so rewarding. Yeah. I think that for me, the best part, when you say that about some people take the opportunity sometimes to take jabs at the NBA, like this, no defense, right? You see a score like the other night, 150 to 136. And the immediate thought is, did anybody play any defense? And if you actually watch it, like, the the cool thing about it is defense was being played all over the place. The offense is just so good. Yeah, they're so good. I mean, good. the shot making, the shot making is just unbelievable. With those guys, if they're open even a little bit, they're going to make it more than they miss it, and by a large percentage. So, um, yeah, I think it's the average just fun fan to watch. just doesn't know that the last guy sitting on that NBA bench can pull out one of those gun machines and shoot, you know, 85 out of 100 from three. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Dish, the gun, all of those shooting machines. Those are just, uh, yeah, just getting reps up. And so uh, it's been really fun to watch. Um, I'm excited for the next couple of weeks to see how it all plays out. But um, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. What about uh, verse for us tonight? Okay, uh, I know we, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago during casual conversation. So um, let's let's bring it to the listeners. Romans three, um, five. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that our suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, our character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom He has given to us. And you know we we talk uh, with a lot of a lot of our guests about um, different trials they went through, different storms, and it all always comes back to the situation of it's made them stronger, it's made her a better coach, it's made her a better person, it's made them a better friend. Um, and so when 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 this verse was on my heart, it's like uh, you know it was never promised that it was going to be easy. He just promised that he is going to be there by our side throughout all of this. Yeah. I mean, we have talked about that verse before and I, I mentioned to you, like I have a few tattoos. Um, I know some people love them, some people not so much, but that verse actually happens to be something I have on my arm as a reminder that, you know, it's not always going to be glorious, like you said, um, but you have to have appreciation for those moments. You know, you see all these sayings on social media, Instagram and Twitter about, you know, you can't have any, you know, rainbows without the clouds or anything, yeah. you know, those silly things. Without like the that. darkness, the stars can't shine. Yeah, all of that stuff, right? And so I just love that particular set of verses because it also shows you that there's a there's a connection between those. So, you know, you glory in your sufferings 
because that ultimately leads to perseverance, which leads to hope, uh, which leads to faith and all those other things that are wrapped up in it. And if you don't have that first one, that appreciation that what you're going through is what you're supposed to be going through at that moment, um, the, the rest of those things really won't fall into place for you. And, you know, everybody goes through hardships in life um, and, you know, you can either get knocked down by those or you can get back up and keep keep persevering. So, um, yeah, just a just a great verse. I think, you know, as we record this, too, you know, I th- think it's Kobe Bryant's birthday um, or the day after he would have been 42 yesterday, I think. And I yeah. know Kobe Bryant was a huge huge um example slash I, I don't know if i would say role model for you but i know you were a big kobe bryant fan and that was always his message you know just keep putting the next foot down and keep moving forward and getting yourself better so yeah it's eight twenty four as it. we record this kobe you know so yep absolutely so that brings us to our guest for tonight um coach jamie quarles from ub um this will be one of our first coaches that have joined us from one of our local division one teams here in western new york um and i'm super excited uh, to get his perspective about life beyond the ball yeah ub has been an ascending team um with several coaches taking the reins as of late, it has made it a very dynamic and exciting time around here for college basketball to see UB um, doing as well as they have. Um, so I'm very interested to pick his brain about how he's living beyond the ball. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have Coach with us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball with Justin Gerstung and Eric Klump on the Hoopheads Pod Network. Our roster of shows includes Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court with Joseph Harris, and our latest release, Bleachers and Boards. If you're an NBA fan, be sure to catch one of our new team-focused shows, Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham, Nuck If You Buck with Devin Zanskis, and Grizz and Grind with Elijah Campbell. We'll be adding more NBA markets in the weeks and months ahead, so keep up with our latest updates on Twitter, at HoopHeadsPod. I'd love for you to check out our flagship, the HoopHeads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel. The go-to podcast for basketball coaches at any level. Now let's get back to Justin and Eric. Welcome back to Beyond the Ball with Coach Eric Klump. I'm Coach Justin Gerstung. We are here tonight with Coach Jamie Quarles from UB. Coach Quarles, how are you tonight? I'm excited to be here, man. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for coming on. Just outstanding. Yeah, thanks for coming on so much. Coach Klump, you, why don't you get them started? All right, Coach, again, thanks for, for joining us tonight. We are extremely excited to have you. And as of late, we've had a lot of great karma with our guests, so I'm, I'm hoping um, it goes your way, too. A lot of exciting stuff for our guests. So um, talking to you a little bit earlier, said you said you're from the South. So um, how did we arrive at UB with the Bulls? Uh, interesting story, man. Uh, I, I had a friend of mine, Coach uh, Brian Hodson, who uh, did some really good things here. He was on staff, and uh, we we met about 11, 12 years ago at uh, working Duke camp in the summer. And uh, man, we you know we always kept in touch, and he's one of my best friends now. And uh, you know they had an opening, man. And at, at that time, I was at Augusta University, and I, I was really looking to to try to 
make the jump to the Division One level, and uh, I had a chance to, to to come up and meet Nate and Coach Whitesell and the staff at that time, and and I was fortunate, man. They they offered me the job some some time later, and I had the opportunity to be a part of some of the most successful teams here in UB history. So I, I've been really uh, blessed and fortunate, man. Yeah, Coach. I mean, you say best years in UB history, and I couldn't even sure. agree more with that. I mean, I'm not a, a UB alumni by any stretch, but I am a season ticket holder. Um, being from the Buffalo area, I love your games are just so exciting. Uh, and being able to take my daughters and my son to, to UB basketball, both the women's and the men's program, has just been absolutely amazing. Um, one question I have for you, I, and, and doing a little bit of research for our, our conversation tonight, uh, I saw that you also coached at the high school level at Oak Hill. How, how, what was that transition like going from one program to the next? Oh, it, man, it, it was definitely different. Uh, it wasn't, you know, the path, you know, when you, you're, you're young and you think, I'm going to do this by age 21 and then by 22, you know, by now at 34, I thought I'd be the head coach of Duke. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not the way life goes. I, yeah, I learned right. that early. Exactly. And I, I was actually yeah, right. really trying to find a graduate assistant position. You know, I wanted to go right into coaching in college and, you know, didn't have a lot of luck and uh, opportunities kind of didn't fall my way. And I ended up at Oak Hill Academy and, and it was an unbelievable two years, a private boarding school, kids from all over the world, uh, unbelievable basketball talent. Had a chance to coach my own team. I coached the second team there. And uh, grateful for those guys for giving me an opportunity, Dr. Groves and uh, legendary coach Steve Smith. And uh, after two great years there, you know, the opportunity to get into college coaching came about and, and it was a natural progression. So, uh, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity. Now, there's a there's a Buffalo connection at Elk Hill, too, too, right? There is. is. A- coach Brian Marr, a great player at uh, Madai. Yeah. I actually, so funny story, uh, Coach Brian, Brian and I both went to Madai at the same time. So he's a year or two older than I am. So I came in as a freshman and he was on some really good Madai teams. He's a pretty good baller back in the day. So I thought that, I thought that he was down there and I didn't know if he was still there. He is, man. He's an associate head coach doing an unbelievable job. Uh, and it's funny because back then in 2010, uh, 2011, you know, I never would have thought that I'd be living in Buffalo. You know, he talked about Buffalo all the time, talked about the wings. Uh, some yeah, of his, yeah. his really close friends, a guy named uh, Michael Kurtz, who's a strength coach, uh, pretty well known. Uh, those guys always talked about Buffalo, man, and, and here I am. So they were really happy for me. Yeah, that's great. Coach, you were talking about your time, um, and just like all of us, when we get into coaching, we have these aspirations. Um, did you ever think that you were going to land at, at the Division One? Did, did you get sidetracked? Did you ever think that it wasn't going to work out? I, I really didn't, man. You know, for a while, I, I had an unbelievable job at, a, at Augusta University where I played for one of my mentors and an unbelievable coach who, you know, well-respected on all the levels. And so I had a, I, I had a chance to learn on a Division II level. You, you get to do everything from help call the plays to recruit the players to drive the bus to wash the clothes. Right. And so it, it's yeah. a really good experience, especially for young coaches. And, uh, you know, I, I thought the opportunity may come a little quicker. And, you know, after year six, you know, we had a chance to win a lot of games. And uh, by that time, by year four, 
I said uh, to myself, I need to just be prepared so that when the opportunity does come, I'm ready to, to grab it by the horns and, and make the best of it. And so I, I changed my focus to that and it paid off for me. So when I had a chance to get to the Division One level, um, I felt like I was ready. I felt like there was no task that was too big or small and, and I, I wanted to seize the opportunity. Is that a tough? Is that a tough decision to make when you when you you know sunk your teeth into a, a a job and an area of the country and a university and you're starting to see your brand and your culture um, rise up to to where you want it and then there's some offers. So is that a tough decision? Like either staying there, what I built, or moving on to uh, you know so to speak, taking that next step up the ladder. Uh, it's definitely tough, man. And uh, one thing, uh, I was very comfortable there, you know, and uh, this guy always told me you have to run toward uncomfortability. And uh, I wanted my ultimate goal is to be a, a head coach and uh, not just a head coach, but a, a successful head coach. And uh, the next progression was to try to step up uh, on a, the next level when the opportunity came. And, and uh, Dimitris, who, who was my boss at Augusta, you know, he was pushing me. He He was – telling me that I was ready. And so he was excited for me. You know, it was a little sad because we worked well together and I also played for him. So we had spent 10 years together total. And, uh, you know, it, it was definitely a big change, but I, I think I was ready for it. So I made, I tried to make the best of it. Yeah, coach, that's great. Coach Klump and I have, you know, several ex-student athletes that, are in the, the coaching field right now. I have one in particular that's trying to follow the same path as you in his early 20s and, you know, spent some time as a GA at a Division One school and thought that something would happen for him a little quicker, and now he's coaching D3. And uh, he we've had those same conversations, you know, about is it worth it? Do I move on to the next phase of my life, or do you really grind it out and – uh, you know, just following that dream until, you know, you have nothing left to give. I think that's pretty inspirational. So I commend you on that. That's not always an easy thing to do. I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate it. There definitely was a lot of times that, you know, I, I thought about, you know, altering the path, which, which is not a bad thing, but I really wanted it. And, you know, I still do. And so that kind of pushes me every day to continue to get better and, and hopefully get an opportunity to be a head coach one day. Yeah, absolutely. So you said getting prepared and making sure you're ready for your opportunity is something you change your focus to. How do you get that job done in the current role that you're in at UB? Like, what are some of the things that you're constantly prepping and preparing for so that when that opportunity arises, you can take it? Uh, Taking on more responsibility is a big one. And not necessarily just, you know, the actual responsibility, but the, the knowledge of it, you know, so, you know, I try to sit in on as much things, as, as many things as I can, as many aspects of the program. So, you know, we have great staff and we all kind of have tasks that coach have, has delegated to us. So scheduling, for example, you know, I'm not on the scheduling team, but I, you know, I try to make sure I ask a lot of questions, see what goes into the makeup of that. Uh, I'm often picking our brain, picking the brain of our uh, director of basketball operations, Tom Fox, who does a great job about travel and, and planning and budgeting. So just trying to to prepare myself and learn as much as I can. You know, the more jobs you can do, you know, in any field, the more valuable you are. And so that, that's probably the, the biggest thing that I try to do, try to get a knowledge on all aspects of the program so that, 
hey, one day if I'm at XU University and I have to do a completely different task that, I, that I'm in now, you know, I'll be able to, to dive in and I'll have some background knowledge of it. Great. So would you say like taking initiative would be something that you would advise either young coaches or young athletes to to do and to develop as a skill? I, I definitely would say it's huge, man, because what, what you will not want to do is you wouldn't want to be a, a great young assistant that's a whiz on defense and then not get an opportunity to, to get a job simply because, hey, we were looking for someone that's more defensive minded. And, you know, I kind of keep that in the back of my head. I know the the makeup of staffs are important and sometimes, hey, it's just not the right fit or, or what have you. But the more jobs you can do, the more valuable you are. And so I, I try to make myself as work toward being as well-rounded as possible. And uh, I, I enjoy kind of learning new things, especially things that maybe aren't considered my, my strengths. And so I'm always learn, trying to, to get toward being as balanced as I can. Yeah, we're just oh, on the show. We talk a lot about like being a lifelong learner and, and getting this st- stuff into something that we're like you said earlier. Not you know we're not so much comfortable with. So if I'm an athletic director, Coach Quarles, um, what is your go-to? Like, what do you believe is one of your big-time strengths when it comes to coaching basketball? Uh, I think a strength, man, is 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 being well-rounded. Like uh, coming out of uh, co- uh, college. I, and I had a lot of a chance to work a lot of camps and, and get to know guys and, and meet a lot of people and write a lot of letters. And one thing that I, I, I told myself then is I didn't ever want to be just a recruiter or just an X and O guy or just the relationship guy. Or I, I wanted to be a, mm-hmm. a well-rounded basketball coach. And, uh, you know, some job opportunities that I've had a chance to, to, to be in the mix for. I'm straightforward and I, you know, I've told the guys that, you know, if you're looking for, you know, the recruiter guy that that's his strength, a a lot of staff just need that guy. Uh, that's really not my, just my strength or just the defensive guy or, or just the X and O guy. And and so I I really take pride in being real rounded. And I, you know, I I feel that it's my job as an assistant to do whatever it takes to make my head coach's job easier. And I take pride in that and I try to use that as a strength, you know, and whether it's washing his car or <laughs> helping him call the play, but, you know, whatever makes his job easier, that's ultimately my job. Taking so, all that stuff off his plate. Exactly. So I, I try to, I think that's a big strength for me and I really try to use it because I think there's value in it. I think there's value you bring to a staff when you can do those things. Coach, I love that response. I think, you know, whether we're talking college basketball staff or, you know, Eric and I are both high school, middle school educators. I think anytime you have a staff that works together, when you can make your teammates or your staff members jobs a little easier and help them with some of their heavy lifts, it makes everybody's world a little bit more positive. Um, speak a little bit on your relationship with some of the other coaches on your staff, how how do you guys get along? Like, are there some things that you guys do for each other that makes the staff work? Because when I'm at the games, I'll be honest, as a coach, I'm constantly like checking Coach Whitesell's demeanor. I'm looking at you guys to see how you're connecting with the players, um, and it seems like you guys are just like really in sync. 
So what are some of the things you guys do to, to foster that relationship? Uh, we, we spend a lot of time together. I, I think that's a big thing, man. And uh, we've gotten to know each other as, uh, as people outside of basketball. And I, I think that really, really helps with the camaraderie on staff. You know, we know each other's strengths. We know each other's weaknesses. And we're not afraid. Like, we tell each other, you know, if I don't have the juice today at practice or if I'm slacking this week in a scouting report, like, let me know. You know, I, I want to get better. You know, and I, I want that. And I, they won't, won't be any hard feelings. You know, sometimes we may bicker, have our little disagreements, but it's all love and, and all in the betterment of doing our job and trying to make each other better. So I, I think that cap staff chemistry, and that's a testament to, uh, to Coach Weissel, putting together a good staff, uh, I think is really important. And, you know, I was a little nervous about it. I, you know, I, I knew I would work with great guys, but and on Division Two level, you know, there, there's not three assistant coaches and director of basketball operations and video. And so you know, I was nervous coming to this level. Uh, and those guys uh, took me in with open arms, man. And and it's continued as Coach Weiss was taking over the helm. And, and I'm excited and I really enjoy being a part of our staff. We, we have unbelievable staff chemistry. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Now, as a, as a big fan of not only college basketball, but of UB athletics, um, one of the big buzzes around here was when you guys were making the deep run into the tournament. Tell us what it was like, you know, sitting courtside for, for something like, um, you know, yeah. first round win, second round, sweet 16, everybody in the, in the country's waking up to UB. How, what was it like? It was a little surreal, man. Uh, literally, uh, the, the first year that we had an uh, opportunity to play in the in the tournament, uh, winning the MAC championship was unbelievable. You know, and in the selection show, you know, you always watch that stuff. I've been a part of four, mm-hmm. four yeah. or five Division two selection shows, and to have an opportunity to to go into the tournament to to match up with with Arizona, and uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, and literally 366 days prior, I coached my last game at Augusta University. And it was in the second round of the D2 National Tournament, you know, and, and I never could have imagined that I'd be sitting here courtside and Coach Oates is turning around saying play call and, and I'm giving him suggestions to yeah. uh, knock off Arizona on a Sunday afternoon or on CBS. And uh, that it was a really surreal feeling, man. And uh, it did a lot for me because, you know, it. I sat there and doing a media timeout for a, a split second because I was in the game and said, man, you know, I belong here. I can do this. Uh, I can contribute to my to our program on this level. And I was just grateful for the opportunity. Oh, man, Coach, I'm going to jump in. I So I, I remember that game specifically because Coach Klump and I kind of do like a little March Madness getaway with some of our coaching buddies and friends. 
uh, up in my place up in the Adirondack Mountains. And so it's like a guy's weekend. And I remember you just gave me goosebumps talking about that because I remember sitting in our living room with all of us sitting around the TV watching that just going crazy. Um, every shot that was made, every defensive stop, um, just incredible run to watch. So that's, I, I just love the fact that you took a second to realize that you can do it. You know, I think that's part of everybody's big issue, right? Is that fear factor that comes in and self-doubt. And sometimes you just got to take a deep breath and say, yeah, I got this. I, I can do this. Exactly, man. And, and enjoy the moment. You know, I'm trying to do a much better job of that in all aspects of my life. And uh, that was a big point for me in uh, trying to get better at that. Just taking in uh, Sunday afternoon, three o'clock on, on CBS. Like it doesn't get any yeah. better than that. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Coach, you mentioned uh, Coach Oates turning around and asking you for play calls. That has to um, build so much confidence in in your coaching abilities and com- being comfortable around uh, the head coach. And he has that such respect for you in those you know high intensity moments that had to give you so much confidence. It, it does, man, and uh, it, it gives you confidence that that your head coach you know trusts you. And that he knows that you're prepared to uh, help the team win. And uh, I'm really fortunate that, that both uh, Nate and Coach Weissel both uh, have that in me. And uh, I, I like to believe that that's kind of why I'm here, you know. And uh, so I try to be prepared. And tr- my job is to make their, their lives a lot, try to make their, their, their jobs easier, man. So it, it really does. And, and also it, it, wants, it makes you always want to be prepared, you know. You want to really dive into the game, dive into the game plan. So when we go into to to when the ball tips up, you know you're ready to you're ready to roll. So we we sit over there and we look like we're just kind of you know into the game and it doesn't like a whole lot of talking, but we're locked in and we're trying to help coach as much as we can. Yeah, I mean, you guys obviously prepare at your level, way more detailed work than what maybe we at the high school level do. So with all that work, we know a lot, we know coaches are diving into it. So how do you find, I'm going to maybe switch gears a little bit here on you. How do you find time to relax either during the season or off like the off season and like make sure that you do have balance and you're not, you know, just straight killing yourself preparing for the next game do you do what do you do that gives you some balance in your life uh i love to run man which is uh ironic because as a player i hated running okay and, and so now running is a a thing that i really enjoy uh, it's an outlet uh the the competitive factor of competing against myself and the clock uh, i really enjoy uh, when I when I do watch games, you know I I really like the NBA and the actions that they run, but I find my I, I try to watch as a fan, so I, that that really helps me a lot, you know, watching as a fan, and uh, just spending time outside of basketball, man. I enjoy being outside. Uh, I enjoy trying new restaurants, and uh, I, I talk to a lot of guys that have been in the profession a little longer than I have, and I pick their brains, and uh, you know I don't have a family yet. And uh, they all they all talk about, you know, um, setting myself up now so that when I do have a family, I have that balance. So I, I really try to take a lot of initiative in preparing myself 
to for not only for myself now having self balance, but when I do have a family one day, have having balance for them too. So uh, I, I really try to take pride in that. You know, Coach, I think that's a very important statement you just made. I, as a I'm a I'm married. I'm a father of four, and while the jobs are a little different, high school basketball, a Division One, the balance that you have to find when you get a family is. Um, truly, truly uh, uh, a challenge to make sure that all members are happy, you know, so that you're not giving more attention to something that's maybe not as truly meaningful. I have some young guys I tell that to, just like yourself, you know, before you get ready to settle down, if you're going to chase this dream, chase it because, you know, once you get that family, the, the, it's not impossible, but the challenge is definitely uh start to become more of an issue. So you like to go out to eat. Where in Western New York is, uh, is what, give me maybe, we don't have to go favorite. We don't want to get anybody upset, but any top three, top three, four places that you like to eat here in Buffalo? Man, I, I'm a big chicken wing guy. I think I could eat chicken wings three or four times a week probably. But uh, <laughs> nice. a couple of my favorites, uh, Elmo's, uh, I really Ooh. like Mother's, uh, JT's, uh, Filetta's is one of my favorites. Uh, okay. I enjoy eating, man. I, I really enjoy eating. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, are you a blue cheese or a ranch guy? I'm a blue cheese guy. Okay, right. you kind of have to officially you say that, right? Officially. Yeah, I'm a blue cheese guy. <laughs> That's, great. That's, That's great. great. That's great. He he's now a, a northerner, a, a full <laughs> Buffalonian with the blue cheese comment. It's awesome. Absolutely. And coach named yeah. ones that are a little off the grill, which I. Off the grid, I'm sorry that that are that are really good chicken wing spot. Very very good coach. Thank you, thank you, man. When I got here, my buddy, uh, we had this long list of uh, restaurants, and you know that was kind of our thing, just knocking them off the list and uh, trying them and adding and subtracting stuff from the list. So I, I've uh, accumulated a pretty nice list list here in the last three years. Yeah, there's no shortage. There's no shortage. That's for sure. So, Coach, um, last week we were, we were having some discussions about small-sided games and um, allowing those small-sided games to really prepare your players for what they're going to see in the games. Is that something that UB does a lot of? Yeah, it is, man. But every drill, every every single segment in practice is a, a mini game that we hope to – to uh, get carryover. I'm really big on carryover. Uh, that's one of my words. Uh, in basketball and life, like I, I enjoy seeing carryover. And so we really use those games in hopes of uh, getting carryover and preparing them for 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights, you know, when there's 5,000 people and alumni. So that's a big part of what we do here at UB. So, Coach, with those, those small-sided games, where – and I know you said you like to be have your hands in a little bit of everything. Where would you say your primary focus is? If you had to teach one thing at practice, what would you what would you pick? Uh, I'm a big footwork guy, so I, I spend a lot of time uh, on, on the offensive end. And uh, you know, early in practice, we do a lot of fundamental stuff, ball handling, uh, footwork, and, and I, I really, really value that, and I think it's important. And, uh, the best players have really good footwork. And uh, and so I spent a lot of time uh, showing the guys that on film, um, correcting them, 
even if it's the simplest warm up drill, because you know I think it's important and there's a direct correlation to when it's time to perform. Uh, if if I don't correct them, I feel like I'm doing them a, dis, a disservice. And uh, so I'm really, really big on the fundamentals and footwork. Yeah, I mean, we, Coach Klump and I were just talking about <laughs> yeah. as we're recording this. You know, it's uh, you know the anniversary Kobe Bryant's birthday, and so when you're saying that, I'm, I just think back. Coach Klump and I are both huge Kobe Bryant fans, and just his meticulous about his footwork and how he just does it so much better. You know, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm thinking of watching him with his, you know, back to the basket game and his his different footwork. And I think that I'd love hearing that from a Division One coach because when I go into practice and I yeah. want to say it to my high school athletes, like footwork is the most important thing we can do and they just kind of roll their eyes at you because they just want to goof around. It's so important. It's so important. Oh, for sure, man. I, I'm a big Kobe fan, too. I'm sitting here, actually, with a uh, Kobe T-shirt on. I've had it on all day. <laughs> so, Coach, what, what what is one thing that you find your players um, that you have to correct them on when it comes to footwork and fundamentals? What's, the, what's like, the most popular thing that you have to find yourself spending time with, all, you know, most of your Division One players correcting? Um, really the, the basics, being consistent with their footwork. Uh, if they're coming off a, a, a curl or, you know, using the, the, the basic inside pivot foot, uh, and then being able to use the inside pivot foot when you're on the opposite side of the floor. And so that's when we spend a lot of extra time in the gym. Like that's the thing where I, I try to grab guys one-on-one and we go through it slowly and I show them and then we progress and progress and I, you know, record it and 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 let them see that man you know it's much more efficient this way huh and it gives them something to, to work on and and i try to show you know and, and, and educate them on guys with good footwork that that do it really simple and uh often you know they they have a chance to look and say man you know see the difference in what they're doing and and what some other guys are doing that are more efficient and I, I really enjoy kind of building it up and improving their footwork and, and seeing the carryover from in weeks to come. I really, really love that process of teaching the game. Yeah, because we hear like a lot of debates, you know, you're in Zoom calls, you're watching different coaching clinics and some coaches will say, well, we don't really have much time in practice. We only have two hours. We can't really be spending those two hours on simple things like fundamentals. We would we need to be getting up and down. We need to be getting shots up. So it's great to hear you speak about uh, the importance of those fundamentals um, involved right in, in the heart of practice. For sure, man. It, it's definitely important uh Especially when when guys want to 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 take their games to the next level, uh, the one thing about the guys in the NBA, like a the, the really skilled ones, especially, they have unbelievable feet, and I, I think that's a, a kind of a, a thing that goes. Uh, it's a skill, I believe, and it's a thing that doesn't really get a lot of attention, and uh, but I think it's important. Absolutely, yeah. Co- so, Coach, I'm going to just jump on that thread a little bit. So I just would love to hear your insight. So as you say that and reference some NBA guys, you know, as we're as we're recording this call, you know, last night we see, you know, Spider Mitchell go off for 50 and Luka Doncic, you know, if people are listening and they know NBA hoops, uh, he had this monster game last night. 
and all these step back moves and the Euro steps, are these things that you guys are really pushing with your guys at UB or are they doing these on their own? Is there a balance in there that you try to find or what's that look like in a UB practice? Uh, there's definitely a balance. Uh, there, there's definitely a balance because uh, if a guy can't, you know, come off with uh, efficient, um, sharp footwork to get to a spot and make a, a catch and shoot shot, then it's going to be real hard for him to to make that drive and spin back pump fake move that Lucas made yesterday. You know, right. so there's definitely a balance, and uh, we we don't try to we try to make sure that guys know their game, and you know we're encouraging them and working with them to expand their games. But there, there's definitely a, a, definitely a balance. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to celebrate your staff then because I know this past season when I was there, uh, just watching uh, Graves and uh, a couple of the other guys, Jordan, I mean, their footwork and some of their moves is just so incredible. Like I have my ten year, my 12-year-old son, excuse me, with me there, and I'm like, hey, you should watch, you know, this move by this guy at for UB, and then I'm at the same time going, no, I don't want you to, I don't want you trying that move yet because you're still working on your inside footwork. Um, so you guys just do a tremendous job. I mean, I, you're the footwork of the UB guys is just so good. I uh, will appreciate it, man. And uh, th- those guys spend a lot of time; those two in particular are on their that footwork. Footwork, so you know they can do some of those complex moves because they have the, the foundation and, and, and the solid uh, the solid uh, left and right footwork. So they enjoy expanding their games uh, within reason. And uh, I, I enjoy any time, especially with those two guys, when I see a move on television that I say, uh, oh, man, I think uh, Devontae has the footwork to, to execute yeah. this move. Let's try it out tomorrow. And sure. gives them something to work on and a challenge. Coach, how how big of a challenge were these past four or five uh, months for UB basketball when it comes to coach? Probably recruiting wise, it was probably the most difficult, or just being able to get get them in the gym. What was the biggest change? Uh, it, it was definitely everything was so different and new that uh, it was trying to navigate. You know, this is Coach Weitzel's. Uh, I want to say twenty seventh year as a head coach. And this one is unlike any other year that, you know, that, that he's been a part of. And for, for the staff and the players as well, uh, the, the, probably the most difficult thing was not having the guys here on campus. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they all were back and we have guys from all over the country. So we did a lot of things. Uh, we split the guys up and we make sure to call every day and we, we would kind of have our staff meetings. Okay. How is Javon doing today? Okay, how's Rondo doing today? And and we would do uh, Zoom calls with the entire program once a week to see their faces, and you know we have activities and and but it was it was really difficult because of this off season and summer, like those ten to twelve weeks that we have, uh, we are really important, especially for new guys, for for guys who are who are trying to to take the next step. You know, that, that's a vital time for, for their development, and we didn't have that. And uh, the one thing, no one else in the country had it either. So we're trying to navigate it differently, man. It, it, it changed everything, but we're finding a way. We, we, we won't make excuses. Coach, I love that attitude about perseverance. We were talking about that in our intro a little bit. What has been, you know, just to stay with that with 
the connection to your guys. What has been some things that maybe you guys do or um, characteristics that you look for with your, your captains, with your leaders? Is it like a job that you give to, you know, one or two guys like Devonta Jordan to me, just watching his energy as a defender, you know, and his positive energy. He just looked, he embodied leadership as I was watching games, but is that something that you kind of try to cast out to all the members of the team? How do you build that up with your guys, the leadership aspect? Uh, we do, man. We do a lot of stuff uh, off the court. Uh, our Bulls way of life, uh, which our mental skills coach, uh, Corey Gibson, does. Uh, it's been a really big part of our program. And, uh, you know, we, uh, often we talk about just uh, – off the court things and, and trying to build leaders and build better men in hopes that we get that word again, you know, carry over onto the floor. And so uh, we, we really feel like Coach Weiss will often tell the guys, this is your program. And so ownership is big with him. Man. And we want them all to, to take ownership in the program, whether you're a really vocal guy like Devontae Jordan or you're a guy that kind of just shows up and does your job and does it well and inspire others like Javon Graves. Uh, we want them to take ownership and uh, and lead us. And, and we feel like we, we give them pretty good reins to do that. And we we want to empower them to, to take that, take that initiative. Coach, we ask this to everyone that's on the pod. So give me one of your coaching non-negotiables when it comes to practice. Uh, wasting time. And I don't say that to, you know, as just, uh, hey, we have 30 minutes to practice and we wasted. Uh, it, it's more of a metaphor. Like, uh, and it kind of encompasses wasting reps where, and uh, like a wasted rep to me is you have an opportunity to, to get shots up during practice, during drill, and you don't take a game shot. Like that, that kind of turns my gears because when it's 5,000 people in the stands, you know, if we waste the reps, the, the the likelihood that that shot goes in isn't quite as high, you know. And so, mm-hmm. wasting a day to to have an opportunity to be a Division One athlete and, and put on that UB practice jersey, like I, I don't ever want them to waste reps. Or and so I, I, I preach to them a lot, like you know, don't waste your time. You you, you only get so much of it. Uh, you only get so many opportunities to to lace it up and. It flies by before you know it. And I know you guys know, but we all played. But I wasn't a very good player, but the time I did have flew right by. So I don't want them to waste it. Yeah, it's always uh, interesting. You know, as you get older, we say this all the time on here and in personal conversation, how the, the time just seems to go by even more quickly now that we're you know, a little bit on the older side. Coach, you've obviously, I love that non-negotiable, by the way, of not wasting time. Is that something you've always kind of embodied as a player? Or did one of the things we usually ask about is we ask our guests to celebrate any type of mentors or heroes that they have. And usually it's former coaches or parents. You know, where does that mindset of yours and not wasting time come from? Is that just something you feel like you've always had or is that instilled from somewhere? Uh, it, it was still early. Uh, my dad definitely uh, lived by that model. And then uh, when I when I got to uh, Augusta University and, and I played for Coach Dip and then worked for him, you know that was kind of one of his things. You know we're gonna get better. Uh, hey, if you if you're not gonna go hard today, I'm not gonna yell. I'm not gonna uh, fuss at you. Hey, 
we'll just see you tomorrow, you know, and, and pushing guys to to want to be better and, and giving guys that need that push, the push to, to get the most out of the tank uh, was something that, that stuck with me. And uh, as a player and now as a coach, it is definitely something that, uh, that I, I, I try to make sure I give the guys every single day. So, Coach, I'm going to jump in one more. So you mentioned your dad. So what does your family think about, you know, you coaching at UB? You know, what is their – they're probably in the South still, I would assume. Maybe not. Do they get to see you coach at all? What do they think of your time as a, as a Division One coach now? They're, they're really excited for me, man. They, they were a little sad to, uh, to see me leave. Uh, and – in November of last year, my parents actually had a chance to, to come to Buffalo. Okay. And uh, they watched us play. Uh, so that was really exciting. They were excited. You know, we, I, we had some great games back when I was at Augusta University. So they hadn't seen me coach in person in uh, three years. And so oh, wow. to have a chance to come oh, yeah. to Buffalo and, and see it in, in person, well, I was really ecstatic about it. And then a couple of weeks later, we played in the Charleston Classic, and for them to mm-hmm. have an opportunity to see us play twice yes. was uh, a was, was, was really uh, exciting time. So, you know, I I have a group of friends and a support system back home, man. That, that is that I'm really really fortunate to have. I had some friends come to games in Buffalo in the winter. Uh, I had right. a group of friends come to the to the conference tournament to the NCAA tournament. So I've been really fortunate, man, to have some good, genuine people that, that, that support me and what I'm doing in our program. Nice. Coach, I got three quick questions because we are running up on it. It's kind of like rapid fire right now for me. Number one, who's your NBA team? Who's your go-to team? The Lakers? Even when they were bad. Okay. (laughs) Diehard Lakers guy. All right, so we were talking wings earlier. Are you eating the drums or are you eating the flats? I'm a flat guy. Yeah, I'm more of a flat guy. Oh, okay. no. The flats. No way, Okay. Last one. It. You are you are the head coach. Your team is up by three, four seconds left. You're up by three. <laughs> we are in the one and one. The other team's in the one and one. Are you fouling? Nope. I'm going to stop. Get a oh, stop. okay. My man. No, you, I love it. I love getting the stop. I'm not a fan of fouling either. Coach, that's great. So here's okay. My turn. Rapid fire. Uh, do you have an NFL team? Oh, I really don't. Growing up, I, I really liked the uh, the Cowboys, and then okay. I got so into basketball that I kind of went away from it for a while. But I tell you what, after three years here, I really, really enjoyed going to Bills games. The the energy is unparalleled. Uh-huh. All right. Well, you know what? We're we're hometowners and we're biased, so we'll take any type of Buffalo Bill love we can get. Uh, that's for sure. Um, coach, coach Clump was saying we're, we're running up against it. One thing though that we always talk about, and I don't know if we got here, you got, gave us so much great insights. Um, we always talk about beyond the ball here, like battling and persevering through tough times. Has there any, what kind of things, has there been any things that have kind of challenged you? I know you said, you know, you had a certain timeline for coaching or where you wanted to be and it doesn't always work out that way, but, has there been any like setbacks or things that have really challenged you outside of that that have really tested either your faith or your your commitment to you know coaching or just getting better as a person? Uh, definitely, uh, two things uh, stand out. Uh, uh, there was a uh, time when I thought that you know I'll never make it to the Division One level. 
you know, maybe I should get get a, get a great high school job and, and just teach. Maybe that's my calling. But sticking with it, that that was really, really because I I had never been in that position where where my faith was tested so much that I almost just kind of stopped my dream. And then the second time, I, I think uh, a couple months ago in uh, April, my father actually passed, and uh, it was a really tough time because you know. It was really the quarantine was going on and, you know, we were working remotely. So I had a chance to, to be in Georgia with my family. But at one point, man, I, I thought about not coming back. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then for one, my dad would uh, choke me if he knew that I had those thoughts. <laughs> but I, I couldn't believe that I, I even had those thoughts, you know. And so just kind of persevering through it and, uh, Stand, stand faithful and, and true, and uh, here I am, man, ready to, to keep carrying on his legacy and, and hopefully uh, win some games this year and keep pouring into to our players, and I really think this is my calling. So here I am. Coach, certainly um, condolences about your father. Uh, we yeah, are so happy to have you on um, joining us in this podcast, and, and nothing but Good luck to UB this year, and uh, good luck to you in the future. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity, man. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, coaches, our condolences, and we appreciate you. I mean, we try on this pod to do our best to celebrate coaches. We just love hearing these journeys and hearing your insights. And, uh, I mean, everything that you've said tonight, I just – I've probably taken a whole notepad sheet of paper – uh, notes and just insights to to meld into my philosophy. I think you're a really positive guy. I think you've brought a lot to UB. Like I said, as a season ticket holder, I get to see you, you know, for most of the home games, interact with the staff, and your guys just play so hard um, and are really well coached. I think you got a really bright future, my man. Hey, I appreciate it, man, and looking forward. Hopefully, uh, seeing you guys at some games here soon. Hopefully. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll introduce ourselves. Hey, man, I appreciate it as you get back here through this uh, COVID stuff. Uh, get after these guys. As high school coaches, we're kind of waiting on uh, our governor to let us know if we can go or not. And we're itching to get back into our practices as well. So good luck with that. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Coach them up, fellas. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 